0: Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. All right, let's go. I mean, can we give it up for our worship and media team this morning? I, I could have kept worshiping for hours and hours. Like, we could have just kept going. It was incredible. They do a phenomenal job every week of just leading us into the presence of God. And they, they serve with such humility, and I'm so thankful for them. If you're on the worship or media team, or any team in that sense, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, but I, my name is Pastor Aaron. I am the associate pastor here at Generations Church, and if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I would love the opportunity to meet you right after service in the lobby uh and just get to know your name, how you how you started coming to Generations Church, how long you've been here, and just get to know you as well. But I know the announcement video hit on a lot of great things, but I want to take a very quick second to re-emphasize some of those. Uh, If you are a G-Team member, if you serve on the G-Team, if you're on the guest services team, the G-Kids team, if you're on the Worshiper media team, if you're on the youth team, uh, if you are a G-Group leader, uh, or you're just interested in serving on the G-Team, if that's the next step for you, uh, we would love for you to be at the G-Team lunch next Sunday immediately following... This service, the second service, uh, here downstairs, you can bring a lawn chair. We're going to have food. And if you're a parent and you're on the G team or you're interested, child care is provided. So if anything, it's like free child care. I'm going to break for, from the kids for a little bit. Uh, that's why I bring the kids. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but we would love to celebrate with you what God's been doing, but then have fun and training for our G, at our G team lunch next Sunday and then graduation Sunday. If you're graduating high school, if you're graduating college or master's or you're getting your doctorate or whatever it may be, we would love to celebrate you on Sunday, May 7th. Uh, so go to the website, register uh, for that so we can celebrate you in either our 9 or 1030 service. And then lastly, Baptism Sunday uh, is Sunday, May 21st. If you've recently given your heart to God and you've, or you've rededicated your life to God and you want to be baptized and publicly profess your relationship With God uh, through baptism, we would love to baptize you on Sunday, May 21st in either our 9 and 1030 service. We currently have four people being baptized on Sunday, May 21st. I would love for 20 people to be baptized. We've had, I mean, I promise you, in our G-Kids alone in the past month and a half, we've had 13 or 14 kids give their life to God. And then last, amen. And then, and then, last uh, at Easter, we had twenty-four people mark yes for Jesus, and so we've just had so many people give their life to God that we would love to be baptized. That really is one of your next best steps is to publicly profess your relationship with God. And so, we would love for you to register. You can invite your family and friends to that, and they can celebrate break you, celebrate you on that Sunday. So, go to our website to register for that. But today, I am excited to bring the word today. I'm excited for part two of our What's Next series. Uh, Pastor Jeremy did a phenomenal job last week of introducing uh, and, and preaching the word of God. So if you didn't listen to that and you didn't hear that message and haven't gone back to listen to that, go to our podcast, go to our YouTube channel uh, to hear that. If you just wanna hear it again, it was worth a listen twice. I listened to it twice in both services. But uh, it's an incredible message on this idea of knowing God. In knowing God in a deeper way, uh, so uh, today we are going to continue that. And Pastor Jeremy had this incredible, uh, used this incredible quote from his favorite TV series uh, called West Wing. And I promise you, it feels like every time you ask like what he's watching, he's rewatching this TV series. Uh, and when, before this is funny. Before I got hired here, he was like, "If you just kind of want to know my mindset, want to know my leadership." you know, style, just watch this TV series. And so I have, like, two or three times, just to, you know, brownie points, just trying to know my boss more. Um, so if you're watching Pastor Jeremy, I'm going to watch it again just for you. Um, but uh, this show called West Wing, it really is good. But this quote uh, that, that, uh, that he shared was, in, was phenomenal, and it said this, the history of mankind is hung on a timeline of exploration. The history of mankind is hung on a timeline of exploration. Exploration, is constantly, exploration constantly prompts us to think about what's next. It constantly prompts us to ask the question of what's next. What's next in life? What's next in our faith? What's next uh, that we could do in life? And, 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 and it constantly pushes us out of this settler's mindset and into a mindset of exploration. And the challenge for a lot of us, a lot of times in our faith and in our walk with God is we kind of get to this place where we just settle in where we're at. We, we stop trying to grow in our walk with God. We stop trying uh, to learn more about God and to know God more in a more intimate and deep way and and, and serve him in a deeper way. We stop trying to figure out what's next in our walk with God because we all have a next step. Whether you've been in church for 20 years, 30 years, whether you were born on the pew or you are just recently giving your life to God, we all have a next step. So the same thing happens in our daily lives. We just kind of settle in in different areas in our marriages. You see that all the time in the first, you know, couple months of the honeymoon phase. Like you're so you love each other, and you're like, we're just gonna go on a date every day. Every day feels like a date. Uh, and then, and then you get a year or two down the road, and you just kind of just settle in, and it's like, you know, every third, three months, or every, you know, once a month, we go on a date, or or you just kind of settle in with pursuing your spouse and pursuing. To, to know your spouse your spouse more and to, 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 to emphasize, empathize and, and, and to, to, to spend more time with them. You kind of just make it through the day. You make it through the week. You make it through the month, especially when you have kids. Am I right? All the parents in the room, it's like, man, if I just make it through the day. And then a year goes by and you're like, man, how many dates did we go on this year? And it feels like, man, I, I could probably count them on one hand. And and so we, we kind of just settle in with within our marriages. We settle in in our jobs. Like we get to a new job and we're so excited. And, you know, we're trying to do, you know, go above and beyond and to work super hard. But then it gets down the road and we just kind of settle into our jobs. And, you know, we just kind of do what's needed to be done and just get by. Or uh, we just kind of settle in in our physical and emotional or mental or spiritual health. We, you know, we, we, we finally find a good routine of life or we get to a good place and we're just kind of like, okay, I'm healthy enough. Like, I'm good enough. I mean, I'm not eating Chick-fil-A three meals a day. Like, I'm only eating it breakfast and lunch or breakfast and dinner. You know, like, hey, you've all been there. You've all eaten Chick-fil-A multiple times a day. Maybe it's just me. Uh, let's not tell my wife that. Uh, but... <laughs> We, we kind of get to this place where we just settle in. We stop trying to grow in our walk with God. We stop trying to learn more about God. We get to this place where we just settle in and think, you know, I'm a good enough person. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'm good. I have, I have a good enough marriage. I have, I've gotten to a good enough place with God. I've, I've, I've gotten some good enough consistency in my pursuit of God. You know, I attend church enough. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not preaching against this idea of contentment. Like, I, I think we need to be con, like have this contentment in our lives, and we need to be con, okay with with where we're at in some areas of our life. And but we don't need to just settle in in where we're at. God has more that He wants to do. And. And a lot of times, we can kind of see the opposite where people are like, they're just never satisfied. Like, they're always wanting more. Like, nothing's ever good enough. That'll frustrate you. Like, you're like, is anything I do good enough? So like, we don't need to get to that place. Like, we need to have some contentment. But we never just need to just settle for good enough and just settle in. I truly do believe either we are moving forward closer to God or we're moving away from him. And so when we, when we think, you know, we got good patterns, like I've gotten some consistency and you just kind of settle in, really start moving backwards and kind of going backwards in your relationship with God. So we don't just need to settle in, we need to pursue after God. We need to ask the question of what's next. And it says in Ephesians 3.20, it says this, now all the glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine or think and we've been singing about that today but then it says in Jeremiah 29:11 it says for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you plans not to harm you plans to give you a hope in the future god has incredible plans for you he has incredible plans for your marriage. He has incredible plans for your family. He has incredible plans for us he, that are bigger and better than we could ever imagine. He has plans for you and your family and your kids and the next generation and the other the next generation beyond that. He has plans here at Generations Church and let us never get to this place where we just settle in and say, "Okay, God, this is good." Like, this is good enough. I, I have my friend group now. I got my kind of like two or three people at church and I'm just settled in. Like, I'm just gonna spend all my time with them. Like, I, I've got enough friends. Like, I don't need to invite any more in, into my life. Uh, I serve on the G team now. I volunteer and, and attend a G group. I don't need to grow anymore or do anything else. So let us fight against uh, being a settler and pursue the plans in the power of God and see all the incredible things that he wants to do in our life because we truly do believe that God has great plans and, and he wants to move in our life in powerful ways. But let us fight against being settlers and explore and, and ask the questions of God, what do you have for me next? Like, what do you wanna do next in my life? How can I grow in my walk with God? How can I love people more? How can I serve more. Let's fight against settlers. So, we asked this question last week, and I ask you it again today. What's your next step in your walk with God? What's your next step in your walk with God and in your faith that you need to take? We all have a next step. So, what is yours? So, today, uh, in part two of our sermon series entitled What's Next, we believe. One of the greatest next steps for you is for you to find community, for you to find godly community in your life that you can can do life with, that you can live your life with and and lean on in difficult times and and eat with and pursue God together. So this morning, I want to talk about three reasons why we need to find community, three reasons why we need to find community. Godly community, and the first reason is this: you were meant to be in community, you were meant and created to be in community in creating mankind, God desired for us to participate in community with him. but what I love about God is he didn 't stop there; he created the world, he created Adam, and after he created the world in Adam, God said in genesis two eighteen it is, not good for, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. God, God created a community for man so that they wouldn't be alone. God created man and woman to be in community together, to create families and to live together and to bear the image and reflect God. In scripture, as you read scripture, it is all about community. And God chose the Israelites to be his people. In Leviticus uh, chapter 26, verse 12, it says, and I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. They lived and worshiped him together in community. God wants community with you, but God also wants you to have community with others. Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah, Jesus deliberately chose to surround himself with people and to invite them in to join in in what he was doing. But Jesus was doing more than just preparing them to be witnesses and to teach others about about him and what he's done. He was doing more than just that. He was intentional about living in community with his friends and living in community with others. He surrounded himself with the 12 disciples. Uh, and he surrounded himself with friends and family that he did life with on a daily basis, that he ate with, that he talked with, that he, you know, just just did ministry with. He, he, ate, he talked with them and shared uh, their hurts and their pains, and he cared for them. He did life with others following his death and resurrection and ascension into heaven uh, God then instituted the church and instituted uh, the body of believers and the body of Christ as a community of believers. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. We weren't created to be this, be this independent, autonomous or just like self-sufficient people. We were made to live in humble, worshipful, loving dependency upon God, but then also in a loving and humble interdependency with others. Our lives were designed for community. We were meant and created for community. Yet the foolishness of sin tells us that we have to do it all by Ourselves, we have to get through our problems ourselves. We have to face difficulty by ourselves, and so we settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual. We we settle for relationships that are just surface level, and we all do it sometimes. If you're like me, it's like, hey, how's it going? You ask your friend, hey, how's it going, or your acquaintance, how's it going, and you just say that term. Oh, I'm good. And you just kind of leave it at that. You're not good. You're, you're going through very hard times and difficulty in life. You feel, you may feel like your world's falling apart and you just said, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. And you, and it's just surface level. Let us get past settling for the surface level relationships and friendships in our life. Let us get past settling for just that. We, we defend ourselves when others might point out flaws or others might, might point out wrongs that we do and we hold our struggles within. We hold the things and the difficulties of our life within us. And what we do is we just kind of push them down or we push them in our mind and we just hold them in. We weren't made to do that. We were made to bear each other's burdens. We were made to care for others and to love on others and, and to be there for others. When you're going through difficulty and you're facing struggle, we were meant to just eat together simply as that. Like we were made to do life Together, we were made to go beneath the surface level in, 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 in relationships with others and bear each other's burdens, to eat together with others, to pursue God together with others, to talk with others and share with others. The church was meant to be a community. The church was meant for community. The church is meant to be a place where we can come just like we've done today. We can worship God. We can sing uh, about his goodness, we can we can pray together. Uh, we can hear the word and and be challenged and and be changed and and take next steps. Like that's what the church was meant for. But the church was also meant for community, where followers of Christ can come together and c- pray together and do all those things. But then also live together and like do life together and and and, and be this body of Christ that reflects. The love of God to others, to share with others about his goodness and what he has done. You are meant to be in community. You are made and created to be in community with others. And don't settle for loneliness. Don't settle for doing life alone. Don't settle for trying to get through issues and hard times alone, because I promise you. There's two or three or four or five or ten other people in this room that have been through sort of what you've gone through and have been where you're at and, and have gone through difficult times. And they can they can share about the promises of God and how God brought them through. And they can encourage you. So don't, don't settle for loneliness. Don't settle for doing life alone. God created you to be in relationship with Him, and He created you to be in relationship with others. So the first reason that you need to be in community is because you were meant to be in community. You were created for it. The second reason that you need to be in community, and if you've been in and around Generations Church for a long time, you've probably heard this phrase, you've probably heard this saying, and it's so much more than a phrase or a saying to us. We truly do believe that it is the truth. But the second reason that you need to be in community is because life together is better. It's just better. It's just more fun. It's better when you're doing life together. If, you, if, you, if you've been around for a long time, or if you've gone through Discovery check, you've heard that uh, phrase multiple times, but life together is better. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 through 12 says this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity to anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if, you, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily and quickly broken. Right off the bat, the scripture hits it right on the head. Two are better than one. Being in relationship with others is just better it's just more fun having godly people around you doing life together. It's just more fun. You have relationships. Don't get me wrong. You have relationships that maybe uh, for some of you, your kids uh, kids play a sport and you have friendships with the other couples or other people on on that team. Like those are great. But when you have godly people that that are you're walking alongside with and you're doing life with, man, it just makes life better. Uh, And and now, I know there might be people in this room, and my wife's not here, so I can talk about her. uh, She would probably fit into this category. She loves her alone time. Does anybody love their alone time? I get scared if I'm alone for a long time. Uh, Like, I'm like, okay... Especially right now with three kids, it's like, what's going on? Like why where where's everybody at? Why is it not chaos right now? But there's people in this room that love alone time and I'm not against alone time. And you're probably saying, like, nope, all I need is just me. Like all I need is just peace and quiet. All I need is just me, you know, a nice warm blanket, a nice cup of coffee or tea, and a good book or a good TV show, and like I'm good. Like there's I'm you know, there's people in this room that are like that, but even for the people that like alone time, you still have to have at least one or two people that you do life with that makes your life better. You still need one or two people, godly people in your life in, to surround yourself with, to, and it makes life so much better. Whether that's someone in your family, whether that's a close friend, or even your spouse, We all need community, a community of people around us. And when we find a community of people to do life with and to talk with, to eat with, to fellowship with, to pursue God with and to worship God with and to pray with, it makes life so much better. It makes difficult times so much easier when you have people to do life with. And what I love about this scripture in Ecclesiastes 4, if you have it in your Bible apps or you have it in your Bibles today, you can mark it. But what I love about it is that it gives incredible examples of why it makes life better. Why two are better than one. An uh, it, 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 example uh, that it says is two can accomplish more working together. You get more, working, more done working together with others, Uh, and if you've ever had to put something together like, uh, I don't know, like a playground in your backyard, or you've ever had to move like, and you're moving into a new house, having five to ten people is better than doing it by yourself. Like Sometimes it's like, I could do this project by myself, and it'll take eight hours, or if I just call two or three people to just come and help me, man, it'd get done so much quicker. I have to admit something. I I'm not great at lawn maintenance. Um, you can you can ask anybody in my family. I'm not the best at it. I don't love it. On the, in the grand scheme of things, like it's so far down my list. Like it's not even a thought. So bad, so bad that my brother who lives in my same neighborhood texts me last summer and goes, "Hey, I know I know you're busy. Like I know I know you got a lot going on. I'll come over and I'll cut your grass for you." I was like, that sounds incredible. It also was weird when I was inside the house taking care of the kids and my brother's just cutting my grass. It was also a little weird. I was like, I feel like I should be doing something right now. But two weeks ago, he sent me the same exact text. He was like, hey, he was like, hey, I know it's busy right now. You got a lot going on. Uh, he was like, I need to, he was like, I'll come over and I will, I didn't even know you did this. He was like, "I'll scalp your grass." So, you know, it makes for healthier grass. I didn't know you did it. I thought you just cut it. I have no clue. That just shows my expertise in this, but he's doing it and like he's he did his yard and then he brought his lawnmower over and his weed eater and he like he was doing my yard and he was sweating and I I, I at that point like and while he's doing it, I'd gotten to a place where I wasn't doing anything. Uh, besides managing three kids with Bethany and trying to like not let them fall down the stairs or whatever, um, and attitudes, manage attitudes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring him a water. And I had to pass my lawnmower to get to him. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like, you know what? He was, he was like, yeah. He was like, your backyard is a lot bigger than I thought. And I was like, you know what, let me grab my lawnmower and I'll take one side. And you say, take... I felt like I blinked and we were done. I was like, can this happen every time? Like, can it feel like this? I guess that's what happens when you need to hire somebody at that point. But two's better than one. You get so much more done in life with others and you accomplish more, not just in life working together, but for the kingdom of God. When you're, when you're with others and you're, you're, you're doing ministry and doing life together and sharing Christ with others, you get so much done for the kingdom of God. Because just like Pastor Jeremy said, I believe it was last week, when, or two weeks ago at Easter, when you have one witness, like, that's one thing, and people think, oh, this person's sharing me. But then you have two or three that are are sharing their faith. They're like, oh, wow, this is incredible, and it's life-changing. It's a pattern. So doing life together is better. Two accomplishes more. It also gave the example, if one falls down, the other is there to help them up. Have you ever fallen down in life? Have you ever gotten to the place where where you just feel like you're down in the dumps. I mean, you might've felt like you hit rock bottom and you're down physically, you're down mentally, you're down emotionally, you're down spiritually and you don't know know how you're going to get through something and you don't know how you're gonna get back to a healthy place, but then you have someone in your life to just lend a hand to you and help you to lend an ear to you to listen, maybe maybe you have a two a.m. person that you are just going through something and you just call at two a.m. And you're just like, hey man, I need help. Like I'm I'm at rock bottom. Like I'm I'm going through it mentally or emotionally or, or, or spiritually. Like I just want to quit and give up. And they just lend an ear, or they just like, okay, I'm on the way. And they just knock on your door and they're just there for you. They help you back up if if you fall down. There's someone there to help you back up. And when you have a community of believers around you doing life together, it helps so much when you fall down in life because you have people there to help you back up. Whether you're down emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, you have people there to just reach down and pull you back up. It also gives the example that on a cold, cold night that they, that they will help keep you warm and I don't know about you, but I don't go around, you know, just keeping warm with strangers right now in life. But uh, I think that's one of the reasons my wife married me is to just help, help keep her warm. Like every night she's always cold and she's just like, just help keep me warm. And so I don't, I don't know how to further explain that one because uh, we have covers now. Um, but <laughs> there's, there, we can always add more covers. Anyways, uh, there's another example it gives is there's strength in numbers, there is strength in numbers. Two guarantees you that someone always has your back. Having two people or a person in your life always guarantees you that someone has your back. Sometimes you just need people in your corner and, 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 and to help fight through the difficulties of life with. You just need someone in your corner just cheering you on and, 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 and helping you and, and being there to fight the difficulties of life with. It's easy to quit in life when you do it alone. It's easy to give up when you're just doing something by yourself and you feel like you're in it by yourself. It's easy to quit in life when you're doing it by yourself. But when you have someone and a godly person that is in your life, a friend, a spouse that is in your life that says, "No, I'm in your corner. Like you're not quitting. You're not giving up. Like we're going to fight through this. You're going to get through this." You need someone in your life that's like that. Man, it is so encouraging when I'm going through a difficult time that I have a couple of people and a multitude of people, honestly, that are there for me, that are calling me, that are texting me like, "Hey man, I'm praying for you. I'm here with you." Like We're going to get through this. You're going to get through this, and I'm with you in this. You need people in your life and in your corner. Two people and two guarantees you that someone always has your back. Life is better together. Don't settle for loneliness. Don't settle for trying to figure out faith and figure out your walk with God all by yourself. Don't, don't come to church and, and, and not talk to by, talk to anybody and get connected and be surrounded by a body of believers that encourages and does life together. Don't settle for that. Man, find people that you can do life with. Find godly people that will stand in your corner and encourage you and be with you. Life together is better. So the first reason that you need to be in community is because you were meant to be in community. You were created for it. And the second reason uh, that you need to be in community is because life is better together. It's just fact. And the third reason that you need to be in community is because there is power in community. There is power in community. Not only does community make life better, not only were you created to be in community, but there is also power in community. There there's this power and it's powerful when you are in godly community with others praying to God in unity with others and and worshiping him with others moves God. It moves him and unleashes his power In our lives. Matthew 18 verse 19 through 20. If you've been in church for a long time, you've heard this. But it says this. It says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there Among them, when we are unified in community with others, it gives God space to move in a powerful, powerful way. When I pull one or more people close in relationship to me and we are seeking God together, we're praying together, we're worshiping together, we're spreading the gospel together, it gives God to move in a powerful way. I love verse 20. Because it says, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. When, when we have community with others and when we have godly community where we're pursuing him and praying together, God is among us and God is among us today. As we look around and see people we may not even know and see people we've been doing life with for, for years, when we gather together on a Sunday morning, God is among them. When we gather together outside of church and do life with godly people and we pray together and we seek after him, God is among them. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the God the God that can heal, the God that can restore, the God that can bring strength and comfort. Man, when two or three gather together, that God is among them your god is among you when you gather with others and let us not forget who's in the room today let us not forget who's in the room when we're praying and crying out to god with others let us not forget who's in the room when we're worshiping god uh, and, and, and let us look past this idea and this thought process that if, I, that if I go to church or I'm part of a group or a small group and because that's the good Christian thing to do or that's just what I've always done, let us look past that idea and see the power that, that is there when we gather together with others, when we have a community and we meet together with others and be in the community to God. Let us, let us not forget that there is power in that. When we realize that, we won't miss any opportunity to gather together. You'll find ways to gather together more. You'll look for ways to, to, to gather with other people and pray together and seek God together. You'll, you'll, you'll look for ways to just find ways to eat together and, and do life with together. You'll find ways to do that. You'll find ways to be in community. So I ask you this question again today. What's your next step in your walk with God? What's your next step? Here at Generations Church, one of the best ways that you can get connected, one of the best ways that you can find community is through G-groups, what we call G-groups. There are small groups. Some people call them life groups. We call them G-groups. One of the best ways you can get a community of believers around you and do life with others and find community is through G-groups. And G-groups provide three things, and I'm gonna hit them real quick. I don't wanna sound like an infomercial at all, but it provides three things it's a place to connect with others as simply as that it's a place to connect with others 1 Corinthians 9:22 says yes whatever a person is like i try to find common ground with him so he will let me tell him about christ and let christ save him like we talked about earlier we were not made to do life alone we were created for for community and our G groups provide a place where you can connect with others but you can do life with others pursuing God and pursuing after God. Uh, it also is a place to protect others, a place that you can you can find some protection in in 1st John 3:16. It says we know what real love is this because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers In our sisters. When we do life together, our problems become smaller as God uses others to bring support and to bring encouragement. Into our lives, the so things that we're facing, man, it, it seems like it, it gets a little bit smaller when you have someone that is encouraging you, and someone that's praying with you, someone that's walking alongside of you. It—it it, it seems like it gets smaller. G groups become this place where you're, where where people just don't know your name, but they know what is happening in your life and and want to support support you and and what's going on in your life. And then another way, uh, another thing it provides is a place to grow together. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We believe every person is created with God-given potential to make a difference in the world. And G-groups are a place you can grow with others and become more like Jesus. And you can ask questions and you can seek after God more and you can grow in your faith and be challenged even more. Uh, We believe that that you can grow together in G-groups. And G-groups are an incredible place that you can find community. And here at Generous Church, we, we, we try to provide as many G-groups as we can. And you, if you're interested in serving, uh, like leading a G-group, I would love to talk to you about leading a G-group. We, we want to have as many G-groups as we can. But there are a lot of great ways to get connected through G-groups and, and here at Generous Church, and G-groups are one of them. Uh, a couple of them that are going through the summer, uh, one, one that I'm very excited about that started this spring is this G-group called Fresh Air. And it's it's led by an incredible, incredible team that that provide a place for for grown adult for adults with special challenges to come and find community, and for the parents. Of those of of those of those kids and of those adults to to just find community and walk alongside with, and it meets every other Wednesday night upstairs at six thirty in our in our family ministries lobby, and it just it's an it's an incredible opportunity for for families that are going that have had a difficult time and and have grown adults with special needs that they they can come to just find community. And so, if you know someone that has it, has special challenges, if you know parents that are struggling, like, and have a son or a daughter that has special challenges, that's a perfect place for them to go and find encouragement. Another one is our young adults. It's 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 the hardest age group to, in the church in any church I've ever been to. That eighteen to twenty-seven. It's the hardest to nail down. They feel like they. They get disconnected. And we're, in the month of May, we're meeting every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. in the G room. And just a place for them to come and gather and be encouraged and find community. Some other ones uh, that I'm excited about this summer is Grief Share. Uh, what an incredible, incredible ministry led by uh, Ken and Debbie Summers that meets every Sunday night for 13 weeks. And it is for people that are going through, uh, that have lost someone and are grieving and are hurting. And they can just come to in their hurt and in their pain and in their grief. And they can just find a community of people surround them that are walking through the same thing. But then they also find leaders to encourage them. And they can be reminded of the promises of God. Two other ones is is a young women's G group that's, that's starting that second and fourth Wednesday night. It's a young women's dinner G group for the summer and then a Bible study in the fall. And, and if you're a woman in this, in this room, this is an incredible opportunity for you. It says young woman, so I'm guessing that's like 20 to early 40s. Uh, I don't know, if, you know what you would consider exactly young woman, but it's an incredible place for you to come and find community. There's a men's breakfast for all the men that meets every other Tuesday. It's just a incredible place to find community at Cracker Barrel. And, and we talk and we share life. It's only for an hour. And, and we do a devotional. There, there's incredible opportunities here at Generous Church, but ultimately you need to find community and godly community in your life. I want to share with you a testimony real quick that someone in our church shared with me, and I'm so thankful they did, just about their, their experience here at Generous Church, their experience in their G group, but then what God has done in their life through finding community. And she said this, she said, after having my son, I thought the anxiety that I was feeling was normal. After a night of sharing with, with my small group, my G group, I realized that I was not alone in what I was experiencing. Not only did they pray for me, they walked with me through the journey. The Lord delivered me and set me free from my anxiety. I'm so thankful that I have a community of women that pour into me, that cheer me on and stand by my side. We were created to be in community. We were meant to be in community with others. We were meant to surround ourselves with other godly people that can encourage us and do life with, but then also pursue God with. And where we can go to when we're struggling, when we feel like we've hit rock bottom, when we feel like we're in a lonely place, when we're not healthy spiritually. Physically, emotionally, mentally, that we can go to, and we can share each other's burdens, and we can pray for each other, and we can we can walk alongside each other. We were meant for godly community. You were meant for it. And today, I want to challenge you. If you're trying to figure out what's next in your walk with God, if you're trying to explore what's next here at Generous Church and get more connected, I want to encourage you. If you feel like you are in a place where you're just doing life alone if you're, you're trying to figure out how to, how to grow in your walk with God, if you are, find yourself in a lonely place and you're trying to figure out uh, how to get more connected and you're, you're trying to find, your, uh, find yourself, you, you find yourself going through a difficult season, a tough season in your life, or you've been here at Generous Church for a long time and you've attended but you haven't got connected, I want to encourage you, find community. Find people, whether it's in a G group or not find community, find people in your life that you can walk with, that you can do life with. And when you do that, there's power in that. There's power in community. God can move and God God can bring you out of some hard, hard times. And, And the things that we're facing start feeling a little bit smaller because we have a body of believers that are surrounding us and walking with us. So today... As we close, I want to, we do this every week, but I don't take it for granted at all. Today, I wanna to provide an opportunity. If, you, if you're, you're not in community with God and you're not in a relationship with God, I would love to provide a place where you can say, I need Jesus. Like, I need God. I need to be in relationship with God. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm so far away from God and I need him. And if that is you today and you'd say, I need God today. I need God today. Like I need to dedicate my life to him and I need him to come in my heart. I, I, I'm struggling, I'm struggling doing life alone and I need God. If that is you, would you just lift your hand so that we can pray with you and we can agree with you? Today, let's close our time in prayer. God, we thank you today. God, we thank you, God, that you are in this room. God, let us never forget that. God, that you are with us right now. And God, each person in this room, God, you care for them. You love them, God. God, that you want to be in relationship with them. God, and I pray right now, God, for each person in this room, each person watching online. God, that you have incredible plans for their life. You have incredible plans for their marriages. You have incredible plans for their family. God, that you want to go deeper in relationship with with you, God, with them. And God, I pray right now, God, that as we close out this time, God, that you just, God, just call them deeper. God, that you give them a burden, that you give them a passion to go deeper in relationship with you. God, I pray for the person in this room that, that finds themselves in a lonely place, that finds themselves in a hurting place, God, and they're they're feeling like they're walking through life alone. God, that they, they're, they're in a room full of people, but God, they feel like they're all by themselves. God, I pray right now, God, that you would surround themselves with a community of people that can encourage them, that can fight for them. God, that, that can lend a hand to them when they're in need. God, I pray for each person in this room. And God, I pray, God, for for Generations Church. God, let us be a community of people, community of people doing life together, sharing your, your good message, your good news, God, and doing life together. We love you and praise you and give you glory. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.